0: Welcome to Campus Connection, a Carolina housing podcast.
1: Welcome in everybody. My name is Matt Bertram. I'm the Assistant Director of Marketing for Carolina Housing and you are tuned in to the Campus Connection podcast. And on the other side of the table, as always is...
2: Riley Knott, the Social Media and Digital Marketing Manager.
1: We wanna welcome you into to a very special episode. It is our community director episode. It is a round table. We're gonna have Bailey Scribner, Natalie Conti, and Chase Coleman have a great conversation that we think you're gonna find very interesting about all things community directors and what they do and who they are. And they do so much, they do so much. We wanted to take a moment to showcase that and highlight them for you in a great conversation. Riley and I are gonna step away, and on the other side, you'll be hearing from Chase getting us started.
0: College, it represents many things and more than just earning a degree. It's about the journey. It's about the moments of triumph and failure that shape us into the people we hope to become. You are built to do hard things, built to answer the challenges of your age. It's about lifelong friendships and the mentorship from professors that guide us along the way. College is a time of incredible growth and self-discovery. It's a time when we navigate the challenges of the classroom and the complexities of campus, forming connections with peers from all walks of life with different backgrounds, cultures, and experiences.
2: An education being something that no one can take away. And an education becomes part of you, a foundation for your life going forward.
0: College is about finding a sense of community and belonging. It's about discovering newfound passions, late-night study sessions, and meeting a new best friend. From taking a sip of the old well to storming Franklin Street in celebration, this is what it means to be a Tar Heel. And living on campus is at the center of it all. Welcome to Campus Connection, a Carolina housing podcast. My name is Chase Coleman. I am one of the
3: community directors. I mainly oversee Cobb Residence Hall. I went to UNC as an undergrad student, graduated in 2017, received my master's from Clemson in 2019. I have worked a few different jobs in between now and then, but currently CD working for Carolina Housing.
4: Hi everybody, my name is Natalie, and I am one of the community directors over in Hinton James Residence Hall, one of our big first-year high-rise halls on campus. Like Chase, I went to UNC as an undergrad. I'm from North Carolina, um, so if anyone's from the Matthews area, that is where I grew up. Graduated from UNC in 2018. I majored in journalism and political science. If those are things you're interested in, feel free to connect with me. Went to grad school at Texas A&M, worked a couple of Jobs as well and made it back to UNC and I really love working here with students.
2: Hello my name is Bailey Scribner and I'm the CD over in Beatty Hill which is our graduate and family housing. Unlike Nat and Chase I am NOT a UNC alum. I graduated from the University of South Carolina in 2019 and then I went to grad school at a small private university outside of Cleveland called Baldwin Wallace University but I've worked in housing all through that time and now I'm coming up on the end of my first year here at UNC.
3: Just important to note, it's not a requirement to be a UNC alumnus to work as a CD.
4: Yeah, I think it's actually kind of rare. There are 17 community directors here on campus, and I think Chase and I are currently the only two UNC alums, so you get a little bit of our perspective there.
3: So I have actually asked what a CD is quite a bit, even from like friends and family, and I still don't know like the best way to like just bite size tell that response. It is a little bit of everything. So we supervise student staff, we advise our community governments, we serve in on-call capacity. So if there's emergencies. Um, Outside of regular business hours, we can respond to that.
4: Yeah, like Chase says, our job encompasses a lot. And definitely when I first became a student at UNC, I had no idea that this was the path I was going to take. And there are a lot of paths you know about coming straight from high school, but working as a higher ed administrator isn't one that I knew about until I became a student and got involved with housing here as an undergraduate. But like Chase said, our job has a lot of different parts to it. We work in crisis response on call 24-7. If there are student emergencies, there is always a professional staff member on call who is able to respond in person and be there to assist. We do conduct meetings with students for alleged violations of our community living standards. So the agreement that you signed when you became a student on campus and decided you wanted to live on campus with us, those rules for keeping yourself safe, keeping our community safe, and really having a good time your first year. When there are alleged violations to that, you will likely be in a meeting with a community director to talk through that and to come to an outcome in those situations. We do a lot of programming, so that's the fun part. We put on events within the residence halls on a variety of topics, some more social in nature, some more educational in nature, and we guide our resident advisors in putting on events as well. So those are a few main areas like chase said we supervise student staff so that includes our resident advisors as well as a couple of leadership positions on campus we have resident advisor mentors who help our new ras learn about putting on events and what makes an event successful as well as shopping for those events we have community managers who help support our service desks in each of our neighborhoods. They deal with things like making sure keys and enhancements are available for students to check out. Our enhancements are a variety of things from games to cooking equipment, cleaning supplies, etc. That are resources for all of our on-campus students. And then our front desk staff as well. Um, we help to supervise within the buildings.
2: Yeah, and I think another part of being a CD is also that all of us live on campus. So we're really immersed in the culture of campus and we're really kind of keeping a pulse of what's happening in our buildings, what's happening with our residents. So just having an idea of what's going on and knowing that there are folks there to support you if you need something through your RA staff, through your CD, all of those things.
3: Yeah. So one other aspect of the job kind of hit on is the advising of student government, aka community government. So with that, at the very start of the year, students living in the residence halls can apply to be the governor, governor of that building, governor of that community, gives them the chance to build their own community government. They interview, they select their people and they plan social events, they plan educational events. They are another group that's in the hall that takes a great amount of responsibility for making sure that it's not just a place to get home to sleep, but a place that you can call home. And so I've loved the people that I've advised with COGO over the years. It is a bit of a fast start. So as soon as you move in, we're looking for people to apply. And there is a very quick election period. And then, boom, we are running with our governors. So you should apply.
4: I think for any person who lives where they work, um, like our role, it's important to be able to set boundaries for yourself and to maintain those for self-care. When I'm on call, of course, it is really helpful that I live on campus. If there's a student emergency, I'm able to be there in person to help whichever student is currently in need of help. But when I'm not on call, that is when that boundary setting is important to make sure that I'm able to fill my cup so that when I am on call or when I am back in the office for my regular work day, I'm able to put my best self forward in those situations.
2: Yeah, definitely. So it it can have its highs and lows. I think that on the one side of it, it is really exciting to be in and around a college campus all the time. The energy is just unmatched. But then on the other side, like you're saying, a lot of folks, you know, when you go home at the end of the day and you kick off your shoes and you're done, but living where you work, it's harder to get that separation and it's harder to feel that like, huh, I'm done. Um, And knowing that sometimes things are gonna pop up when you're just like walking down the hallway, that can be a little bit stressful, but we also have other systems in place. So while there is always someone who can respond, it doesn't necessarily have to be the CD of your building. There is another person on call for that.
3: I mean, I'll just say sometimes it's a little awkward because I am a 28 year old man living amongst first year students. Um, They get taken back a little bit when they see me Uh, walking around the building at night. They're like, who is this guy right at the start? Then at a certain point, it's, oh, that's Chase. He's back. He's going home. Um, So separation is very little. It's a little tough. My commute to my office is very short. I think that is a pro. Yeah, I think it could be (laughs) a little scary to see somebody that looks like me when I have a face when I come into the residence hall because I'm all business. Seeing that can be a little weird, but highs and lows.
4: I think something that is also kind of cool about community building with our position is not all of us, but a lot of us have pets that live in the residence hall that students tend to get to know and enjoy getting to know. I don't want to speak for everybody, so if you see a pet, definitely speak to the owner for sure before just walking right up to them. But I have a beagle. Her name is Sophie, and uh, the students have really loved getting to know her this year. And anytime they see her walking through the lobby, they get really excited excited so that's another I guess fun thing about us living where we work is the students who are like wow I really miss my dog get the chance to see and pet a dog sometimes if they live in my building
3: I do feel like most students know me more because of my pet than they actually do me my cat Astro doesn't have any teeth but for whatever reason the things that he is missing gets jumbled across all of the students so it's you're Chase Coleman you're the community director that has a cat with no legs you're Chase Coleman you're the community director that has a cat with no ears and I'm like I don't know where this is coming from I'm happy that you've been reading my newsletters and you've seen that I have a pet that's awesome but he just he doesn't have teeth he had bad gingivitis I don't know what else to tell you so it is fun. (laughs)
4: At the beginning of the year, you will have a hall meeting where you get to know your RA and your community directors will pop by that meeting as well. A couple years ago, Chase and I worked together and he would pop into those hall meetings and even during his first introduction, he would let the students know that he has a cat that doesn't have teeth, so something to know about Chase for sure, a fun fact, but... Those introductory meetings are really helpful and informative to get you to know a little bit more about our buildings where you're living, as well as a little bit more about campus. You get to know your RA and start forming relationships with the people that live on your hall, as well as you get to meet your community director for your building. It'll probably be brief because we are popping around to every single floor meeting for um, the entire building or complex that we're supervising, but you'll get the chance to see our face, say hello, and see that we're a person, <laughs> not just an email. Believe it or not. One of the things that I think people don't always consider about community directors
2: is how different our role looks both day-to-day and person-to-person. So in my case, I am the community director over in Beatty Hill, which, as I said before, is our graduate and family housing. That's going to look a lot different than not be having a thousand first years in a high-rise. The needs of the community are different, and those change day-to-day. So when we walk into the office, we don't always know What it is we're going to handle that day. You know, we'll have meetings. Sometimes you'll get a call. Sometimes an emergency will start happening. So there's just kind of always this momentum of once we're going, we're just kind of going.
3: Yeah. And for me personally, I keep my Outlook calendar like so perfect. Like I don't know what I'm doing if it's not on my calendar. And still, I think it happened in the fall when I was overseeing two communities. I was in between meetings and I get a call and it's like, Chase, we think there's a gas leak in the building. And so having to stop my meetings, go over, call the fire department, call supervisors, there was no gas leak. It was just, it smelled bad. But it's still like, it's you truly never know what you're gonna get in a day. And it's about being flexible. Sometimes it's really tough being that flexible, but it's certainly, every single day is a new, something new. So that's been, that's been a fun challenge.
4: Yeah, I would say there are times that we can tend to know when our schedule is going to be a little bit more unpredictable, like when we are scheduled for our on-call shifts. I make a point of keeping my schedule a little bit more clear during those times just because if something pops up, I want to make sure I'm there and able to respond. As I would regardless, but it's less for me to have to reschedule on the back end in those situations, but yeah, things are unpredictable when we are supporting not only the well-being of students, but also ensuring that our facilities are working properly and being there to facilitate anything that may come up with either students or our building. So I would say some of the more common things that we see are related to student physical health, student mental health, issues with our facilities, such as if flooding happens, that would be an emergency that we would respond to. But there are honestly a variety of things. This is my fifth year in a hall director type role and I was an RA for a couple of years before that and still every single semester things happen that surprise me. You know, there are weird animal things that occur living in a high rise. Sometimes it's raccoons, sometimes, you know, as mentioned on an earlier podcast, if you've been following, we had an owl in Hinton James last year. So there's always, you know, a fun surprise, snakes. I would say these things are not common. And if something (laughs) does, I know I'm like trying not to scare you on this podcast. But if something like that happens, immediately we have staff who are showing up in person, helping to facilitate whatever concerns has come up and being there to support students not only in the moment but also afterwards so if I'm the community director responding to a situation I will talk with those students and before I leave or before any other campus resources leave we'll make sure that those students feel like they're in a good place for the rest of the evening and then we will be in communication with the community director for that student's area who will also reach out and do some follow-up afterwards with that student to check in with them, provide additional campus resources if needed, and just follow up and have continued conversations with that student.
3: I know we talked some about unpredictable schedules, and I am curious about you too. I know with on-call, like we've talked about, you could literally get a call at any point in the night. You've gotta get up and respond. I know there was one night where immediately after work so pretty much after five it was just nonstop calls and with reports i was up working till about five in the morning so i am like you still have to trudge your way out of bed in the morning and go to the office and people are like oh chase looks tired whatever like it's 8 a.m i have 8 a.m classes it's you know you get a lot of weird stuff you get a lot of hard stuff at night and it is sometimes pretty hard to come back in in the morning and you know present like you know i'm I'm chipper. I'm glad to be here when uh, you see some pretty bad things. I don't know about y'all if you've had like those late nights, like that experience with that. But I just feel like that's, for me, one of the hardest parts of that unpredictable schedule.
2: Yeah, I think I definitely have had similar experiences. I also even during the work day. I think the way that Nat had explained, you know, the wide variety of things that we do in a day, but we can turn around from, you know, doing a conduct case and then having to go shopping for a program and then immediately come back and dealing with a student in crisis and over like a 2-hour period, we have had to sort of change emotional mindsets like 3 or 4 times. And
4: that can be a lot. Yeah, I think, you know, like for our students, we share a lot of the time the importance of self-care. And I think that's something that is really critical, not just for students, but for everybody. So I know when I have had a particularly long night on call, um I'll reach out to my supervisor and find a way to make my next workday be flexible again just so that when I am the person who's showing up for a student that I am the best version of myself to be able to help them and when I need to take that step back there is someone else in the department who can help me fill in in those situations
3: Yeah so I think when we think about like rewarding experiences with this job ultimately we do work with students and it's always a joy like The people I work most closely with are my resident advisors and my leadership team. It is really exciting to watch them, you know, whether they've started as a first year in your building or if they were an RA you had on a staff before. But when they finally hit that point where it's I'm about to cross the stage, I'm about to graduate and all of that hard work and knowing not just like, oh, you put in a lot of time studying, but like, oh, you're an RA that like you helped a student through probably one of the toughest nights of their life at college. Like you've given not just so much to that building, but you've behind the curtain given so much help to the university, to those people, to their staff, like seeing that extra sight of them and then being able to see where they go from there has been one of my favorite parts of the job. I always like to follow my people on LinkedIn. So seeing one of them just gotten to like a fellowship with a med school, like, you know, That same last semester, this was the person that was having to do rounds until like one in the morning. So it's just happy to see where they end up.
2: Since a lot of our time does get pulled into that crisis side, but the other part of our role is that, you know, making the experience fun and giving residents, you know, these positive experiences throughout the year. I think some of my favorite experiences so far as a CD have been in the programs that we've put forward, the Beatty Hill community being a little bit different. We do have a lot of families with young children. So something that's been really rewarding is also seeing how our programs have reached a different population. Seeing people come out with their kids and they run around and they have bubbles in the air and these just like really uh, kind of picture-perfect moments at some of these really fun programs and seeing people get engaged who might not have otherwise.
4: So we're talking about what has been most rewarding in this role, and that is such a big question, especially since I have been working in this role for two years and in similar roles for years previous and even dating back to my time as an RA. I will say Becoming an RA really changed my life path back in undergrad when I was a student. I loved journalism because I loved getting to connect with people and I loved being able to help them to share and tell their stories. And what was hard for me then was that was when the story ends is when I'm done with that specific student in that specific article that I was writing. Um, shout out to the the Daily Tar Heel, the school newspaper. That was a great experience for me as a student. But becoming an RA really showed me that I love working with college students and getting to develop those relationships. And to connect with students and to, for that entire year, really to be the person that they rely on to help them to not only learn more about UNC, but also learning about, for a lot of them, living on their own for the first time and being that support person, not only when a student you know is having a difficult time because it happens to everybody. There are things that happen, whether it is a difficult semester with school or things going on in their personal life to talk with them about, but also the really good times when they got an A on that test that they really didn't think they were going to, or they secure that summer internship, or something really great happens within their circle of friends. And that is still what keeps me excited about working with college students today. Those relationships that I get to build with students, whether it is my RA staff or whether it is students in my hall in general, this past year. The students that lived in the suite next to me, we would write notes back and forth to each other leave them on each other's doors and things like that and just really getting to know and support and be there for students and to learn about what matters to them and to be that person who is able to support them both in the good and bad times and um, that support sometimes looks like just being a person to listen sometimes it's being a person to give advice and sometimes it's being a person to connect them with a university resource which is a big part of our role as community directors as well
3: I think what I wish more students knew and really thinking about first year students, because that's the population I work with closest, is that opportunities are there to connect with other people. I've talked with some parents, I've talked with students, and you know, the question is, why are there no events in the hall? Why is nothing happening? There are things happening. We're putting on events, you know, sometimes it might not be something super fun, but there is still that opportunity. To meet new people. I mean, I definitely (laughs) anecdotally remember my first year calling my mom crying because (laughs) I couldn't find any friends and I was living in Craig. And it was just, it was it was tough at the time. I only went to one event. I didn't really talk with my RA. I didn't really take advantage of anything that was there as an opportunity for me to use. So when you're coming to the university when it's your first time I know it's scary I've been there I still hate talking to people like on the phone and stuff like that but don't be afraid to reach out for help if it's me if it's your RA swing by that event if my office door is open I know that I look very mad all the time that's my thinking face it's very intense I'm not scowling at my computer or cursing the earth I am just deep in thought about how do I need to start this email back to this person? <laughs> so please don't be afraid to ask for help because we want you to be successful, but we don't know what help you need if you if we just don't know. So please, please, please talk to us. That's what I want you to know.
2: Yeah, and going off of what Chase was saying, especially with you know the think and face, thinking about the emails, is we care really deeply about the concerns you're having, the problems you're facing, the things that are going on in your life. So when you're bringing those concerns, either to your RA, if you're bringing them to your CD, that's something that we want to work through with you. Sometimes that might take a little bit of time, especially we've talked a lot in this podcast about the many, many things that are on our plates. So Mm -hmm. understanding that we are still trying to prioritize you and we really want to make sure that you feel heard, that you feel supported. And we have a lot of ways that are doing that, including contacting campus resources, connecting you with your RA that there's this kind of web of support that we want to get you plugged into
4: there are so many things that i wish that I could say that we just do not have time for this podcast would last forever. But I think there are, I'll narrow it down to a couple. And the first is that if you are interested in meeting a community director, starting forming that relationship, we are people that care about you. You don't have to wait until there's a problem that needs to be addressed Mm -hmm. or something has occurred. We are in our offices, in the building, and we are excited to meet and get to know you all. It is never a bother or I have some sometimes students are worried about taking up too much of my time and I don't want to speak for everybody but speaking for myself I'm in this job because I really care about the students and so having those conversations and interactions with students are the best part of my day usually so while we have a lot of administrative tasks to get done you know those will get done and we can um, schedule those around, but if you are interested in really meeting and getting to know your community director, you don't have to wait until something happens for that to occur. And similarly to Chase, I work with a lot of first-year students for my entire time in higher ed. To this point, I've worked with first-year college students. And something that I would like to say is, you know, it is a difficult transition coming to college. I'm the oldest child, I have two younger sisters and being the oldest, oftentimes I thought I knew what I was doing, you know, and it turns out I didn't. And that's okay too, you know, there's a lot that you'll learn and figure out along the way. But one thing I really want you to know is that you're never alone in a situation or in how you're feeling. There are a lot of people that likely feel similar to you and are trying to put on a face that they have it all together because you know that is a natural thing to want to project but it's okay if that is not the case you know we have community directors resident advisors folks here who are great resources just to just to talk and and to help you to find out you know what you're passionate about and get you connected to other people who feel the same way.
3: I do want to really quickly talk about that point of like make time to talk with the CD because when I've been on call or like in conduct scenarios they always like go to shake my hand they're like it's so nice to meet you and I'm like I really wish the circumstances were better that this is the first time that we're meeting so I really want to echo Nat like come talk with us and the first time you meet us doesn't have to be sitting in a conduct meeting which and if it is that's okay I joke with my students I'd prefer to not see you back in my office again for conduct but if it's anything else I will gladly welcome you into there so that's a good point
4: yeah, for conduct meetings especially, when we meet with students, you receive an email from us about those, and those emails come with some auto-generated language. That sometimes can look scary, right, because these meetings can be a big deal depending on what is involved in them. So I feel like I spend the first few meetings of every every conduct meeting like convincing the person in front of me, like, hello, I am a person who is nice, and I'm not just this auto-generated email. I'm here to listen to you. There we go. And I think that's important because I think sometimes students in those situations are worried that just because they're in this meeting, you know, things have been decided and the outcome is for sure. And this person isn't on my side because they work for the university. And that isn't always necessarily the case. I wanna get to know you as a person and hear your side of the story. And also even if we're in a meeting talking about conduct, also just this if this is my first touch point with you, get to know you a little bit and your story and how your semester's going. And if there are other things that I can do for you in this setting, beyond you know, the reason that we are there to meet. I think for a lot of people, sometimes their either first or only contact with their
2: CD is just through emails. And what I like to tell residents sometimes if I'm talking on the phone or I'm talking to them in person is when those emails come through, especially if it's one that looks a little bit scary or if it's a little bit wordy or if it has a lot of information, just to remember that we're also people on the other side of it and we sound like this and we look like this and this is the person that's talking to you through your screen so I think that just kind of gets back to what we're saying of you know come get to know us we're we're nice we're pretty normal.
3: One other thing I wish the students knew about and you'll you'll learn about it in orientation but as your friendly neighborhood community director I want you to understand is that if you or your friends are in a situation where somebody has consumed alcohol or they've used drugs and they are just not responding to that well like if somebody's passed out if somebody Is throwing up a lot, like if they're really sick. I know it can be really scary to call 911 or to call the RA, but please, in that moment, we're very concerned about safety. You all are students. I'm not walking up to a situation where somebody's in trouble and immediately saying, oh, my goodness, how could you? It is, what's the situation? How can we make sure that you're getting help? Has 911 been called? Let's make sure that everybody here is good. So remember, medical amnesty, please, please, even if, you have, if you're underage and you've been drinking or you've been consuming drugs, medical amnesty is there to help you to make sure that the people that you are with or you yourself are safe. Because at the end of the day, we do just want to make sure that people living in our buildings are safe.
4: Yeah, the only thing I would add to that really, in addition to go check out our medical amnesty policy, because I think being able to read it and look at it yourself is important, but it is not only if someone needs medical attention, but also if someone is a victim of a crime and there is some sort of policy violation Mm -hmm. present. If you or your friend calls and are compliant throughout the process, then throughout our student conduct process, we do have a medical amnesty policy that We will likely go down that path and there will maybe still be some educational pieces involved but fewer pieces that will land on your student record with the university
3: so when i think about what my favorite part of being a community director the thing that gets me up in the morning coming into the office even when it's been like i said like a log night of on call is the student touch points not Maybe, you know, the hard student touch points, like if I have a conduct meeting scheduled, I'm not like, oh, boy, I can't wait for this conversation. But uh, when my RAs stop in, when I'm able to see my community government members, when they pop in, they say hello. I have two of my staff, Cesar and Elena, that have came to my office before and they argue for about an hour and a half, two hours on end about what Pink Floyd album is the best. Sometimes it's just background noise for me while I'm working, but just being able to see them and know that they trust me and that they're having a good time and they're making connections with each other. Like that's been something that does make me happy no matter how grumpy I will act in front of them because I have to put on this face in my own head. But just to be able to see them, it just, See them laugh and engage. That's been my favorite part that I cherish.
2: I think my favorite part of being at Carolina has been just the overall sense of community. It has really surprised me. No other school that I've been at, do I like walk down the sidewalk and see just everybody wearing the school's colors. It's just a flood of Carolina blue at all times. And I I just love that so much. And I think that also really speaks to Carolina housing. I feel like we are a very tight-knit community. And I think that just kind of shows in our interaction with one another and our interactions with our residents, I just always get the feeling that everyone is really very connected here.
3: Bailey, I noticed you're not wearing blue, by the way.
2: I am the only one in the room not wearing blue. Oh, no, I am one of two people not wearing blue, but I am wearing red, and it's very distinct. I like the red. (laughs) This happens to me often.
4: (laughs) But, you know, my entire closet is blue at this point, having (laughs) gone to school, lived, worked here. But, yeah, I think what I'm most proud of is definitely the relationships that I have built with both my peers and with the students in my building. There have been a few that have especially stood out. When I first started the community director role, I hired, well, I didn't hire, I guess was hired for me um, because I started in July and we do our student hiring process earlier in the year, um, was my resident advisor mentor. And she was coming into the role, mind you, this was in the following of a couple of years of the pandemic and having non-traditional on-campus housing. So she had only been an RA for a little while, but then did a great job and was really passionate and was selected for the RA mentor position. So there was a lot of imposter syndrome that she felt coming into the role and getting to work with her for the past two years. She she did just graduate in May, so that was exciting, but a little bit bittersweet. But getting to work with her and to help her uh, develop those leadership skills and really figure out her leadership style and really help support our staff through the good times and also some really tough times that have occurred over the past couple of years. and getting to form relationships like the relationship I have with her as well as other students has just been really a great part of the role. Recently I was out eating dinner at Med Deli on Franklin Street not sponsored <laughs> but like you know, if you want to sponsor Please. me, Meddeli, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> um, but I was out um, eating at Meddeli on Franklin Street, and one of my former desk assistants walked by, like not even coming into the restaurant, but walked by and saw me and ran over. And I hadn't seen her in a while, but we got to catch up, and it was really great. And so those relationships with students are definitely the highlight of this role for me. I think. Something else to talk about, in addition to a lot of the student-facing parts of our role, there are a lot of things that we do behind the scenes to help our residence education department run and things that might not be the first thing you think about. But we're all, as community directors, on different committees. So some of the big ones are our student staff, recruitment and selection. So recruiting the RAs and recruiting the service desk folks to work for the upcoming years, as well as we do student staff training that is a huge process to help our student staff to be aware of all the resources so that they can best support and serve students but there are so many other committees working on our curriculum development on the type of programs that we're going to host for students training for our professional staff members. I think that is important to talk about is there's a lot that we do that you see, but there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes as well to ultimately make our department better and to best support students, even if it isn't always in a visible way.
3: Yeah. It's like we live behind the curtain, but we also have to always stay in front of the curtain at the same time. So it can be a little tricky sometimes, but yeah, a lot going on behind that curtain. I thought they were joking when I was a student. It is a lot behind the scenes. I've been notified by the producers that we have a curveball question coming in. So we know that CD stands for community director. I have also just been notified that CD also stands for compact disc, which is like those circle things you put into the computer or a radio player. But I have, and if people know me, this is no shock, a notoriously bad memory. So I can't quite remember if I was even listening to music as a child. I know I was, but I just remember nothing. Um, I can tell you what the last CD I ever purchased was, and it was Daft Punk Random Access Memories. I know the 10th anniversary just came out for that pretty recently. Still in my car, I still play it on repeat. Fantastic album.
4: So, I had a few CDs I remember growing up. Hilary Duff was a big one. You know, Lizzie McGuire was a big fan. But I also had a Backstreet Boys CD. Mm -hmm. And so, at about the time that I received that one, I was, I don't know, five or so. And my cousins lived nearby and were about to move. And my uncle told me that they were moving because he was becoming a Backstreet Boy, And because I was five, I believed him. But um, that's a story that really uh, lives on in the Backstreet of my mind i guess
2: Um, my favorite cd as a kid was a cd that was burned for me by a family friend you remember burning cds and it was broadway kids number one and it was a mix of broadway songs that were covered kids bop style and that was our favorite CD. We played it so much. I do think it's still in my car somewhere, but I was a big theater kid and I'm still a huge theater nerd now. So I'm just in this moment seeing where that might've started.
3: <laughs> what are some of the songs on that? Uh,
2: they definitely did like Castle on a Cloud, which is already sung by a kid. So they just had a new kid singing it. I think some Lion King stuff. Some like Bye Bye Birdie that I never it really like
3: knew. like the reduced music of like just the single piano in the back with a kid singing to it?
2: It was like a lot of kids. You know oh how like Kids Bob comes in with like a chorus yes. of kids? They'd have like a lot of kids and then like kid soloists.
3: We could do a whole episode <laughs> of Kids sure Bob kids. Bob is oh, what? Man. <laughs> oh my
4: god. Coming to Raleigh this summer. Oh boy. Tickets
3: now. <laughs>
1: Well, it was so great spending some time with Chase and Bailey and Natalie today, hearing from them in a very candid way. The big takeaway for me is just the newfound respect and appreciation I have for what they do and really how lucky this university is to have great folks like them representing us in those residence halls and interacting with our students. It's so important when we're trying to build that culture and community for our students.
2: Well, and if you're an incoming student to Beatty Hill, Hojo or Cobb, I hope you feel now that you already know someone in that community and that when you arrive there on move in day, you go and say hello and make that connection from day one.
0: Campus Connection a Carolina housing podcast.